Church, say amen. amen. It's good to be in the house of God this morning. I hope that you're thrilled and excited about being here. Amen. amen. I couldn't tell when nine o'clock arrived. But nevertheless, I want to offer some encouragement to you that we began every week around the same time. I want to share this with you. The habit of procrastination. The habit of procrastination. It said the habit of procrastination takes a twofold toll on its victims. First, important work goes unfinished. Second, valuable energy is wasted in the process of putting off things that remain undone. Procrastination results from an individual's short-sighted attempt to postpone temporary discomfort. What results is a senseless cycle of delay followed by worry, followed by a panicky and often futile attempt to catch up. Procrastination is, at its core, a struggle against oneself. And the only antidote is action. Once you acquire the habit of doing what needs to be done when it needs to be done, you will avoid untold trouble and stress. God has created a world that rewards those who do it now. In other words, life does not procrastinate. And guess what? Neither should you. And the reason why I share that, Brother Bobby mentioned, just like the Bible teaches in our giving, it's a lay by in store plan we should plan to come to worship on Sunday morning amen I'm not fussing I'm just offering you some some food for thought I would like to call it Sunday should be for a Christian Sunday should be the pinnacle of our lives Sunday should be a time that really and truly we should jump up and be ready and excited about coming to worship God. Because where did your blessings come from? All the past week. Who watched over you while you slept? Who provided a job for you. For you to have the, the wonderful nice things that you have. Who provided the clothes on your back? Huh? Who? Who provided the food that's set on your table? Who? God. Who provided your salvation that you can be a member of the body of Christ, the church of Christ? God. So when Sunday roll around, just the fact on Saturday, man, everything should be laid out. And it shouldn't be any procrastinating on Sunday morning. Sunday morning should be a thrill. Sunday morning should be, you, you remember how excited you used to get or maybe you still get if you're going to a sporting event or some big event and you get all excited and you know just all uptight about it because you've been waiting for this event to come for a long time man Sunday morning should be even greater than that because here we have the opportunity to be in the presence of the Lord amen now, I don't know. If that don't incite you down here, why do you want to go to heaven? 
Huh? If that doesn't excite you down here, heaven will be pure hell for you. If you were to get there. That's a big if. So be encouraged, folks. Don't let the devil sidetrack you. You know, whatever cleaning you like to do on Sunday morning, do it Saturday. Amen. Or better yet, just wait until Sunday evening Amen. till you get home. I've heard all through my life folks say, well, that's the way my mama always did it. You ain't your mama. Some habits need to be broken. Or if you just insist on you got to clean up, wash dishes, clean the kitchen, all that stuff, just get up extra early. Amen? Amen? Amen. Don't, don't cut the Lord short, rolling up in here late and everything and tired from doing all that stuff Sunday morning. Man, the Lord needs some freshness. Amen. We are the lively stones, not dead stones, not tired stones. We are lively stones. Amen. The Lord don't want no drag, no, no, no dragging and can't even sing with an upbeat tempo. Hmm. And this ain't even my lesson. <laughs> but nevertheless, I want to share. So that you don't go around saying, well, the leadership ain't saying nothing about folk dragging in late. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. But I'm not fussing. I just want to encourage you. As a Christian, you know what? Coming to worship should be a thrill. It should be a thrill. I look forward to it. I'm up on Sunday morning. I'm rolling. And I, I'm, I'm not boasting or bragging. I'm just simply saying I love looking forward to Sunday mornings. I look forward to seeing folks I haven't seen throughout the week. I look forward to the fact that I might be able to just crack a joke or say something to put a smile on somebody's face. I just like to see that, hey, somebody else had a great week. And if they're feeling down, what can I do to lift them up and give them a boost? I look forward to that. Being a Christian, we should look forward to coming to the house of God. But most importantly, I like giving God his due because I know what he's done for me. Amen. 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 All right. So much for the preliminaries. And don't leave here saying I was fussing because I wasn't. John chapter 10. John chapter 10. We see and hear on the radios, on the TV and discussions. You know, if you listen to people, nobody is going to hell. If you listen to people, nobody, nobody's going to hell. I don't care how, how, how ratchet, how wretched, and how terrible of a life they live, and even if they die in their sins, if you listen to people, hell just don't exist. Because no one ever mentions about going there. The only time you really ever hear the, the, the place Hell mentioned is when somebody mad at you and they'll say go there. <laughs> but as far as someone dying, everybody's going to heaven if you listen to people. Amen. But let me tell you something. That's a lie. That's a lie. And I'm not up here today to put anybody in heaven. And I'm not up here today to put anybody in hell. I'm up here today to teach you and to uh, share with you from the word of God. What it says. 
God shall judge. God is going to determine. But rest assured, everybody is not going to heaven. Because the word of God says, straight is the way. Straight is the way, narrow is the way. That lead it unto what? Unto heaven. I'm paraphrasing it. But broad is the way that lead it to destruction, right? And many, there will be that find it. In other words, there will be many people who are going to go to hell. People don't like to hear that, but that's in the Bible. Many are going to hell simply because they don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to hear the truth. And what I want to talk about this morning is the truth about the one door. The one door. The one door. And we as members of the Church of Christ, we need to take a stance. We need to get back to standing on the truth and stop being so concerned about people's feelings and our friendships with people. People are going to die and lose their souls and go to hell if we don't be steadfast and unmovable on the truth. Listen to what the Bible says. John 10 and 1. Verily, verily, I say unto thee. He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. Now, I would like to begin by asking, can a thief and a robber go to heaven? No. Some of you say no. Can a thief and a robber go to heaven? No. Some of you still no, a thief can. And a robber can. Then the reason I kept saying because everybody's not saying anything. It's right there in your Bible. But yet you still won't affirm the fact that they can't go. Well, if you don't believe what the Bible says, what do you believe? Listen to verse number two. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. The one door, Jesus said, he that entereth in by any other door, entereth not by the door, is a thief and a robber. You drop down to verse number 9 in John 10. What did Jesus declare himself to be? The door, right? So Jesus said, I am that entrance. I am that way. I am that, that, that portal by which you must enter in in order to be saved. But if you try to come in some other way, some other, other method, climbing up, being lured through the rooftop or whatever, Jesus said, you are a thief and a robber. And a thief cannot enter into heaven. A robber cannot enter into heaven. So if you claim or you know people who claim to be Christians, but they have not come in by the method by which the Bible teaches us under the New Testament, not only are they incorrect in their understanding about their salvation, they are thieves and robbers. 
Now you may say, Brother May, that's, that's harsh. No, that's the truth. Don't get, don't get the truth mixed up with being mean-spirited or harsh. The truth is the truth. You cannot enter into God's heaven without doing it God's way. Amen. Well, what about all these people? What about them? They need to humble themselves and to be honest about it. It's incumbent upon them to search and to seek. But it's also incumbent upon us to go into all the world and preach and teach. Now, now think about it for a moment. If someone who is lost is seeking and someone who is saved is teaching and preaching, somewhere along the line they should meet up. And they should connect somewhere so that they can come to the knowledge of the truth to be saved. You can't put all of the blame on the Christian because people haven't obeyed the gospel. It is incumbent upon that lost person to seek. I keep hearing murmuring and I'm not just talking about folks here. I'm talking about talking to other people, congregations and everything. People always want to make it seem like we're the mean people because we speak the truth. We're not mean. The truth is just what it is. The truth. Would, would I be mean to tell a person that they have to be baptized in order to be saved? Isn't that what the Bible teach? Now, they may, they may not want to hear it. So does that make me mean because they don't want to hear it? Absolutely not. That make them hard hearted. And that proves that they don't really love the Lord like they claim. Because Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but you won't do the things that I command you. But the other thing that really stands out in chapter 10 of John 10, look over to verse number 16. And I I always use this with people because people love to bring up. The issue about so you telling me all of these other religions folks are going to hell and they wrong. I simply say read John 10 16. Jesus says and other sheep I have. Which are not of. This foal. What is this foal? The only foal. The one church. The one body. How many churches did Jesus promise to establish? So that's the fold, right? Which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring. What did he say? Them also I must bring. He didn't say anything about establishing another religion. He didn't say anything about I'm going to allow the latitude for them to worship in a different way. He said what these other sheep must come to the understanding and what they must do is come over into this fall. What the Baptists in the world need to do is repent and be baptized and come over into this fall. What the Methodists need to do is repent and be baptized and come over to this fall. 
What the Jehovah Witnesses need to do is repent and be baptized and come over to this fall. See, even looking at the expression, some of you, you know, you say, that's a hard teaching. That's the truth. Amen. That's right there in the Bible. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice. How is the voice of Jesus heard today? Through the preaching, through the teaching of the word. Well, how many gospels was delivered unto the saints? Only one. So how can you get many beliefs out of one gospel? How? You can't. You can't unless a thief or a robber decide to change it. He goes on to say, they, will, they shall hear my voice and there shall be how many foes? One foe and one shepherd. Now, how do you get many out of one? Huh? A a am I being mean because I speak the truth? Is this what you're standing on? Is this what you're sharing with people? You, you need to be. You better be. Because anything less, you're misleading people to believe that they're okay where they are. Man, if I'm going to be talked about and tormented about something, let it be the truth. Huh? Let it be the truth that people are going to talk about me and put me down about. Let it be the truth so that when I open my Bible and I study and I read, you know what? I can find comfort in knowing I'm standing on the truth. There's only one door, folks. There's only one door. And I don't, you know what? I don't see why you find that so hard to believe. And I'm talking to us in the church. Because some of us in the church, we still struggle with that. Because we have allowed our feelings to get in the way of the gospel. And therefore, we won't really tell people that we love and care about the truth. Maybe they won't talk to us anymore. Maybe they're going to be offended and won't like me anymore. Oh, well. As Paul asked, do I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? What is, what is true friendship? What is true love? You know what? A, a true friendship is based on true love that even when you're wrong and I point it out to you, you still respect me. And what better way to show true love to a person than to show them the way concerning their soul salvation. Amen. Folks, there's only one door. There's only one door. There's only one sheepfold. There's only one shepherd. We find right here in John 10. Why would one shepherd go out and teach various ways to be saved? John 14, 6, Jesus said, I, 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 singular, right? I am the way, right? I am the truth, right? I am the life, right? Did he say anybody else was? So, singular, Jesus said, I'm the one. I'm the one. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. 
Did he delegate that to anybody else? Not to Muhammad, right? Not to anybody else. He said, I. Jesus says in John 10, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd proved his love for the sheep because he laid down his life. What other man has laid down his life for the church? But even greater than that, what other man has gotten up? There's only one shepherd, folks. And that one shepherd governs the one sheepfold. And Jesus says in John 10 and 16, and other sheep I have. God loves all his creation. And God loves them enough that he said he's, he, his desire, 2 Peter 3, is that all men be saved. That's why he referred to them as sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. If, if, if another religion was acceptable, why would, he, why would he desire to merge them into one? Why wouldn't he just let them continue on the way they're going? And stamp that as acceptable and be done. Because any other way is not the right way. Because Jesus said he is the way. Amen. So what, what, what about all of the other religions? They must come over to this fold. Amen. So you're telling me in order for a person to be saved, they have to be a member of the church of Christ. They must come over to this fold. Is something wrong with your Bible? Does not. One of your brothers read John 10 and 16. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. Them also, them also I must bring. And they shall hear my voice. And there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Okay, another brother read it. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Is that, is that in everybody's Bible? So why is it so unbelievable in thinking you must be a member of the Church of Christ in order to be saved? Is not the Church of Christ default? You're not sure? That, that's not a rhetorical question. I'm expecting an answer. Is not the church of Christ default? Yes. So where must the other sheep come unto in order to be saved? It's amazing. It's amazing. Man, if, if, if we won't speak up. Even among other believers, I know we ain't going to open our mouths outside of these walls. Yeah. I'm just simply trying to drive home, folks. There are many, many, many challenges out there in this world. Man. There are many demonic-minded individuals who are working tirelessly 
to try to disprove the Bible, who are trying to prove that, hey, that's insane to talk about one body, one church. There are those that would tell you the one body is made up of all the different believers, as long as we all believe in God. That's a lie. That's not true. That's not according to the Bible. Because how can all of those different bodies of believers, so they say, how can they be true when they did not obey the one gospel? It's so simple. It's not hard, folks. It's not hard. All you need to do is have faith and believe the word of God is true. Take your reasoning out and just allow the truth be the truth. We, we, we preach and teach and emphasize baptism so much because you know what? It's important. And without baptism, you cannot be saved. Well, that's not what the Methodists teach. That's not what the Baptists teach. That's not what the Jehovah Witness teach. That's not what the Pentecostals teach. Well, they're not of the fall. Every plant my heavenly father had not planted. Jesus said, they shall be rooted up. They shall be rooted up. And I like that. They shall be rooted up. In other words, they're not just going to be shaved down. You want to get rid of something. You want to get rid of some weed. You root it up, right? And Jesus said, every plant my heavenly father had not planted. I believe that's over in Matthew 15. He said, shall be rooted up. In other words, they're not going to exist anymore because they're going to be rooted up and they're going to be cast into the fire. Well, if all of these other religions are part of the body, why would they be why would they be rooted up? And burn up. Baptism is essential for the simple fact It's the simple reenactment. It parallels to the death, burial, and resurrection. You know, years ago, I used to just try to come up with ways to explain why we baptize, why a person needs. Man, just stick with the Bible. If the person don't accept what the Bible teaches, you know what? That's on them. Baptism is essential for the simple fact. Jesus left heaven, came to earth, took upon him the form of a man in the flesh. Did he not? He dwelled among sinful men. He was never a sinner himself. But he took upon him the sins of mankind. And he died for the sins of mankind. He took upon him the death. Because that's what sin brings. Jesus was crucified and put to death. And he bore our sins. We 
are sinners, being outside of Christ. When we come to the knowledge of the truth and recognize that apart from Christ, I am a sinner. So what do I need to do to correct that? Well, just as Jesus was buried, we need to be buried. And our burial occurs in the watery grave of baptism. See how simple that is. It's in the watery grave of baptism. By faith, a spiritual operation occurs where we come in contact with the blood of Christ. And it does what? It does what? It cleanses us. It remits us of our sins. Amen. Jesus was buried. But guess what? On the third day, something happened. What happened? He got up. He got up. A risen Savior, conquering Savior. When we take you under the water, we don't leave you there. You come up a new creation. Old things are passed away. All things become. So Jesus having died for us. For our sins. Not any of his own. He now has conquered the grave. He's conquered death. Took the sting out of death. And you know what? Sin has no rule over him. Just as. We come up out of the watery grave of baptism. Sin has no dominion over us. Why not? Because now we have been purchased with a price. We've been purchased with the blood of Jesus. And now we have help. Now we have resources. Now we have avenues to build ourselves up and to conquer and to grow. Jesus ascended into heaven. And today he sits at the right hand of God. With all power. As he declared in Matthew. He said all power is given unto me in heaven. And earth. Did he not say it? Matthew 28, 18. All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. We. Come up out of that water. We are a new life. A a new resurrection. Because what we once was in bondage with. What we once was in bondage to. We're no longer slaves to sin any longer. We're free. We're free. We are no longer the slaves to sin. The devil has no more control over us to make us do anything. The only way we can commit a sin is through the desire of giving in to the temptation to do it. Flip Wilson used to say a long time ago on the show, the devil made me do it. That's what Geraldine used to say, right? Well, Flip Wilson lied. The devil can tempt you. 
The devil can lay traps and he can tempt us. But we have to give in of our own loss to commit sin. The devil don't have any dominion over us. What is Romans 8? There is is therefore now no condemnation in us. Right? (laughs) Well, I thought I was talking to some church folks today. But nevertheless, the truth is the truth. Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. That's what the Bible says. I don't have to feel guilty. All the guiltiness and the guilty stains have been removed when I went down into the water of grave of baptism. And even when I stumble and fall along the way. God has provided the avenue of repentance that I can ask for forgiveness and I can be forgiven. That's why baptism is so important. That's why we need to stand on the truth and we need to let people know you're going to close your eyes in death and you're going to be in for the worst shock of your life. Because you were in the wrong fall. Ephesians 4 and 4 said there's only one body. Have you ever noticed when when denominations and these other groups, when they quote Ephesians 4, they never say one body. They always skip over. They'll go to one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, one spirit. They never say one body. They know the truth and they know they're lying because they know what they teach don't align up with the Muslims and they know what they teach don't line up with the Jehovah Witnesses. They know what they teach don't line up with the Pentecostal. But the Bible says there's one body. And that one body works together as one unit, one system of belief. There's only one doctrine. It's not a bunch of different teachings to show you or teach you how to be saved. What did Paul say as I bring this thing to a close? First, first Corinthians chapter one, I want to say we're talking about. Being, yeah, verse 10, 1 Corinthians 1 and 10, Paul said, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing. See, what's the problem with that? If we speak the same thing, shouldn't we wear the same name? That you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you. Are there divisions in the religious world today? Oh, absolutely. So apparently everybody not teaching or speaking the same thing, right? Well, if, if, if God has left the doctrine, 
But man has formulated and created many from one. Who changed it? Had to be man. Right? Had to be man. Because if God only left one. And if there's only one sheepfold. And there's only one shepherd. And if God charged. If the, if the spirit charged the apostles to say. Speak the same thing. Be of the same mind. The same judgment. How did we get many? Somebody left the blueprint. Somebody left the blueprint. And let me tell you. Anything that deviates from the blueprint that, that's outlined in the scriptures is not of God. I don't care how nice it may appear to look or appear to be. It's not of God. What's going to be at the judgment, folks? John 12, 47, 48. Jesus said these same words. Is John 10 and 16 going to be at the judgment? Absolutely. When people decided they didn't want to give up their traditional teaching and they didn't want to leave that denomination and come over to the church of Christ because their grandparents, or, uh, they, their mama, their daddy. Is John 6, 10, 16 going to be at the judgment? Does John 10, 16 say those other sheep must come to this fall. Yes. What happened if you reject coming to this fall? You have no salvation. You're lost. What happened to all of those people in the days of Noah who rejected and refused to listen to the preaching of Noah? They were lost. They were lost. When God instructed Noah and his family to get on board the ark to enter into, were other people invited? No. Why not? Because they rejected. They wanted to stay where they were. And God left them where they were. Did he not? Yes. And God told Noah and his family, enter in, I'll close the door. And it began to rain. And it rained, and it rained, and it rained. And you know what happened to all of the people outside of the ark? What happened to them? They perished. They perished. It's the same application, folks. Being outside of Christ, you have no hope. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. The Bible teaches us that Jesus is coming back one day. He's coming back with his angels in flaming fire. Taking vengeance on them that know not God and obey not the gospel. So those who reject to leave their denominational beliefs to come over to the truth. They bringing hell on themselves. And the Bible said, you read that chapter, 2 Thessalonians 1. The Bible said, it's a righteous thing for God to render this punishment unto them. Because you know really what a person is saying when they refuse to come over to the one fall. Man, put my chart back up there. 
you know what you know what a person is really saying? They're telling God, I don't care about what your son went through. I don't care about what you went through. Having to sit there in heaven and see your son go through the suffering and the pain that he went through. I don't care about the fact that he was put to death under false pretense. He was beaten unmercifully. I don't care that he was crucified. That's what people are saying. They're saying, I don't want any part of what he came down to die for. So that's why in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, the Bible said, it's a righteous thing for God to render unto these individuals what they're going to get. Everlasting punishment. Being banished from the presence of God for the remainder of their lives. And torment. A lake of fire. That's what people are saying. When they refuse to come into this fall. That's why it's so important for us to understand who we are. What we represent. We represent the light. But not only do we represent the light being the light of the world, we represent life. L-I-F-E. Because outside of Christ, there is no life. That's why Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Because outside of Christ, you're dead. You're dead in your sins. And if you die in your sins, Jesus said, where I am, you can't come. And I, I hope you don't take this as some mean-spirited message. It's the truth, folks. And if the truth be told, some of us need to get recordings of this and, and, and share it with family members. So that their blood be off of your hands. So that you know what? You can say, I tried. I reached out to them. I cared about their soul. You know what? Put it in their hands. What did Jesus, what did God tell that watchman over there? Was it Ezekiel? He said, watchman? You know what? You go warn those people. You go tell those people. They need to repent of their sins. They need to turn from their wicked ways. He said, you need to go tell them. He said, I know when you tell them, they're not going to repent. They're still going to do what they want to do, Julia. He said, but you know what? Big blood be off of He said, but if you don't tell them, if you don't tell them to repent, their blood going to be on you, buddy. And you need to seriously consider today, whose blood going to be on your hand? Because you feel their friendship is more important than doing God's will. That's something to think about. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God. Keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. Amen? Amen. So folks, you can't get around it. 
Baptism is essential. If you've been misleading people into believing that they're okay and God understands and God knows, quit, quit lying to people. Quit lying to people. You need to tell people the truth. There's only one body. There's only one sheepfold. There's only one shepherd. And you know what? There's only one door. Child, I prayed and prayed and I had this feeling to come over me and it was just a peace that came over me and folks talk about, I, I got saved. Where is that in the Bible? Something woke me up in the middle of the night and I, I just felt this, 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 this feeling that just came over me. And, and, and I said, Lord, here am I, send me. That don't make you say. But you all have heard these stories, haven't you? You've heard people say stuff like this. I, in the middle of the night, I saw this light. I saw this light. Folks, I don't, I, I don't, I don't like to make fun of people because people will be sincere, but they're just sincerely wrong. And it's incumbent upon us to point out that they are wrong with the word of God. So if you're here today, you haven't been baptized for the remission of your sin. You haven't done according to what the scripture teaches in order for one to be saved. Today would be a great day to get on board. Here, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized. Live faithful unto death. For us who are members, maybe you're here and you know what? Maybe you haven't taken the stance. Maybe you haven't been courageous. It's time for you to be courageous. You could get out there and raise your fist and march for some of these folks who've been senselessly murdered and 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 the injustice that's going on, you should have the courage to stand up for yeah. Jesus. Amen. Amen. And that's all I'm saying now. Because you're going to stand before him one day. And you're either going to hear, well done, or you're going to hear, depart from me. What's our song, Foster? 598. 598 is our invitation song. I hope I've said something to encourage you, folks. Time is winding down, and I promise you, death is closer than you realize. I promise you it is. For me and for you, it's closer than what you realize. So you better make sure you've got your house in order. Be ye ready. Let us together stand and let us sing. I want